1: Welcome to Looking at Lucasfilm, the podcast with a different perspective on the world of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all of the other entities that George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau, as well as the rest of the team at Lucasfilm, have dreamed up over the past 40 years. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co host Brian Gon and I are recording this week's show on Sunday, December 17th, 2023. So, we are a week and change out from Christmas, and you were just at uh, one of L.A.'s bigger malls today, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was at the Beverly Center. I had to drop off my daughter. She's um, uh, she's at uh, Cedar Sinai. She's, like, uh, following a nurse and stuff, oh, um, okay. volunteering. And so instead of just driving back and forth, I hang out at the mall for four hours, which goes like that. But it was just weird. It's the the couple of weeks before Christmas, and nobody was there. And this is one of the most um, elite malls in not only California but I think in the country. And it was just it was it was you could shoot a cannon and knock down nobody. Wow. So it's it was it was really bizarre um, to because I remember. I remember going there like 20 years ago and um, I was there on Christmas Eve because I'm a, uh, <laughs> a masochist and I love watching um, people fight and stuff. And okay. I actually saw um, Nicolas Cage in the, what, what's that meat stuff you can buy
1: during Christmas? Oh, dang. I used to get this for my dad. Uh The, 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 you know, the the, the assortment. Hickory Farms. There we go. There we go. Yeah, and
0: also, and he was in a place where he's looking at this smoked salmon, and he's going, I don't know what to get people. What are they, you know, these things, and he's the day before Christmas. So you know that he was getting something for, for Uncle Uncle Francis or something, but you, that's what you do. You see people there. Um, I, I saw a couple people that I recognized from TV. I didn't know who they were, but it's, it's, it's the mall where, where, you know, people go, the, the celebs go. So it was just interesting, though. I mean, how nobody, everybody shops online.
1: Mm, no, that that that's it exactly. You kind know, of just, you know, it, it, it's just so strange to do the brick and mortar thing these days, and and you know, real, you know, you kind of feel like the, the one of the dinosaurs. So, um.
0: and they they even charge less for parking. They only charge a dollar an hour. Which usually you go to these places and you, you're paying thirty bucks, uh, you know, for parking. I only paid six
1: bucks for, you know, four that, hours. So. That that tells you a lot about what's going on in the world. Yeah. And, and speaking of of what's been going on in the world, folks, um, look, uh, apologies for there having been no new episodes of Looking at Lucas Home for a while, but. Uh, just to cut to the chase, we had a death in the family recently. Uh, Aaron Adams, the very talented gentleman who edited all of the podcasts here at Jim Hill Media, had a heart attack on Thanksgiving morning, and it sadly passed away on November 29th, and uh, look, I, to be blunt, Aaron was a big, big part of the production of, of all our shows here, not not to mention being my co-host on the Marvelous uh, Disney podcast, and 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 now, uh, with Mr. Adams gone, uh, we've had to build an entirely new production pipeline and and by the way, Eric Hersey has helped out a lot with that, so I want to be sure to give him a quick shout out but um look if if we could pivot back to to Aaron's sad passing um Mr. Adams left behind a widow uh one Sabrina Geiger. Uh, who's now saddled with all sorts of funeral costs and some remaining medical expenses, and which is why Lentesta and Tim O'Brien have set up a GoFundMe in Aaron's memory, with with the understanding that all funds collected will then. Uh, go to Sabrina in her her time of sorrow. And look, I I realize it's the holiday season, folks. Uh, You know, Brian was just talking about going to the mall. Uh, But, uh, you know, and and look, this is a time when we typically want to spring lavish gifts on our our friends and family. But if you have it to spare this year, well, Mr. Gunn and I would really love it if you toss a little cash Ms. Geiger's way. Uh, By the way, you you can check that GoFundMe out, which has a, uh, and, and open for Mr. Adams. And not only that, uh, Len came up with a wonderful idea. We did as a, uh, band camp exclusive, uh, a, a presentation of the, one of the early scripts of the American adventure. And that was great. It, it, well, th- but that's the thing that was almost all Aaron, he handled the production. He hired the actors. He did all of the, po- I mean, it's, and in fact, he also, he plays Will Rogers in the thing. So, uh, but if you, you contribute to the GoFundMe, you'll, you'll get the opportunity to listen to this, uh, amazing version of the American adventure early, early on. But, uh, but again, that GoFundMe is located at tinyurl.com, Aaron Z. Adams. Um,
0: all right. Anyway, and, and remember, Aaron is double A. So there we go. There. Sometimes there. I don't remember that. You know, I I I haven't. I didn't meet Aaron, but I always had um, an email conversation with him, and I was just you know hoping that one day I was going to meet him and tell him how much I enjoyed you know his Marvel Marvelous
1: stuff. Yeah, we were always. I mean, that's the irony. We kept talking, especially with Marvelous. Disney about getting him out to California and walking him around uh yeah. the Avengers campus, and yep. uh, you know that was you know something uh, you know that that we always managed to kick the can. It's like okay, not this year, next year, you know that sort of thing. And um, I get you know again, you know we so much of the time we're face down in the ditch working on the show, and and that's a, that's the thing. Aaron was always the guy who. W- would bitch at me, you know, when <laughs> any of our podcasts here have failed to, to be posted on its regular, uh, you know, scheduled date. I mean, Aaron was very into consistency. He came out of the radio world and, um, he was very big, you know, I mean, it, it constantly lectured me about how we, we need to, to meet the audience's expectations. So in Aaron's memory, that's what we're going to try to do here, folks. We're, we're going forward. But again, it's tough. I, I worked week in, week out uh, for for seven years with this guy, and it's just weird that he's gone. And um, he wasn't that old either. No, he was forty eight. Forty eight. You know. it,
0: it blows my mind, especially knowing knowing what I'm going through yeah. um, at sixty three. Yeah,
1: sixty. I mean, it's sixty four, it seem to be sixty five here. So yeah,
0: it's just it's so weird mm. that 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 is definitely too young. I mean, mm-hmm. people now are saying. 80 is too young. Yeah. But imagine if we're saying 80 is too young, 48 is just,
1: it's ridiculous. Oh, it is. It is. But all, all right. Anyway, I, I have to say, folks, I can literally hear Aaron in the back yeah. of my head right now. And he's saying, you're getting maudlin, fat man. Wrap it up. Get on with the show. <laughs> so uh, again, just a reminder, uh, you, you want to help out, please go check out the tinyurl.com, Aaron Adams. Uh, And if you did so, uh, Brian and I would really appreciate it. Okay, getting now to the news. And the news portion of today's Looking at Lucasfilm is brought to you by touringplans.com. Touring Plans can help you save money and time at theme parks like Walt Disney World. So please check them out at touringplans.com. Okay, so to get right into it. Uh, It's been two months and two weeks since Star Wars Ahsoka wrapped up its eight episode run on Disney plus on October 3rd Uh, show was written and created by Dave Filoni Uh, viewership for the Ahsoka finale outpaced uh, Star Wars Endor by 46%. Oh, good. Uh, But then it also trailed uh, Mandalorian season three by 42%. So So was that good? Um, Well, it was certainly good enough that late last month, uh, in fact, on November 21st, Dave Filoni was named the new creative uh, chief creative officer for Lucasfilm, uh, where he will be working uh, closely with studio head Kathleen Kennedy, as well as head of development, Carrie Beck. Now, was this a new... um
0: the the chief creative officer, was that something new or is he replacing somebody?
1: I believe this is a new position. It and, is a new position. And and what's kind of interesting about this new position is that it supposedly came at the request of Bob Iger. Oh. All right. So, and, and now to understand, you know, Dave Filoni is obviously a known quantity. At, at Lucasfilm. He's been, you know, been there since, uh, you know, 2005, uh, his mentor, you know, uh, was George Lucas himself. And if we look back just over, you know, the, the, the most recent projects he's worked on, he was the writer, creator and executive producer. Of ah- so-, <laughs> ah- ah- so sorry, 65 year old tongue, folks. You know, to- <laughs> okay. Also executive uh, producer, episodic director and writer on The Mandalorian and its spinoff, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, creator and executive producer on the animated uh, Bad Batch and Tales of the Jedi, and he's also executive producing the upcoming uh, series uh, for uh, Disney Plus Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Um, oh, oh, he's involved in that too? He is, he is. Oh, okay. All right, so here's what I was told um, that basically, now remember, we've talked on previous Uh, looking at Lucasfilms, that there are three projects uh, being readied, uh, Star Wars films being readied for uh, theatrical release. And I think you were talking about the, the Taika Waititi project uh i there's yeah. also the the james man it, well and you were mentioning what uh, do, what was taika saying about it
0: Tyka was saying i um i my star wars project is really gonna piss off everybody well
1: there we go you know <laughs> um and then we had james mangold's um story that was basically going to, to show the, the formation of the, the Jedi order. And then, uh, we had the, uh, the project that Daisy Ridley, uh, is coming back to play Ray where, uh, she supposedly it's a story that's set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker and has her trying to get, you know, the Jedi order back up and running again. Um, but here's the thing. um, uh, Iger especially on the heels of Dial of Destiny, flaming out uh, at the box office uh, this past summer. And evidently, he had a very difficult conversation with Kathleen just to the effect of, it's like, look, each of these movies is going to be, uh, you know, 175 to $200 million to make, at the least. And, you know, I... <laughs> You know, and and he stood by and watched the five years of development on, you know, the indie, the new indie movie, uh, you know, only to then have that project stumble at the box office. And it's just the whole notion of, I can't in good conscience Right, especially right now, with with so many people concerned about the Disney stock price, and uh, you know, especially with you know that the, there's a, a shareholders challenge going on, you know, the, the, with Ike Perlmutter, the, the former. know yeah. uh, and, and you and, can't for, and you can't forget that
0: documentary
1: that uh, South Park just did
0: yeah, with Bob
1: Iger. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, basically what what. Uh, it wasn't a vote of no confidence. It was just the effect of, I need these movies to be, I need to know that Star Wars fans are going to respond positively to these. And and evidently this is the one that Dave Filoni entered the conversation. It's like, look, when I look at what's going over on, on Disney plus with Star Wars, that's gangbusters. They, you know, the, the people there actually know what people want to watch. And it's like, I'm not so sure that these Star Wars movies are like that. So could we maybe get Dave in the mix? And in fact, that's the inter the most interesting thing about, you know, uh, Dave spoke when he got this promotion, he spoke with Vanity Fair and mentioned that in the past on a lot of projects, I would be brought in. I'd only be brought in after it had been developed. And now he gets to come in at the start. He gets to, you know, start things. And so so he's consulting on the films, he's consulting on the TV shows. Uh and evidently he's also, you know, going to be helping out with the parks. And Oh, really? Yeah, well, no, by the way, speaking of the parks, um uh, you know, and again, uh this April 5th Uh, We're going to see the return of Season of the Force at Disneyland Disneyland Park. Uh, It's going to run for two months, uh, April 5th through June 5th, with May the 4th right in the middle there. Um, But what's kind of interesting is we're going to see the return of uh, Hyperspace Mountain. There's going to be the the Star Wars-themed food. Um, But what's really intriguing this time around uh, and it will also come on the heels of that brand new version of the Star Tours ride film, uh, which by the way, will feature Ahsoka and Boba Fett and Mando and baby Yoda. Um, oh, this now are, are the, this is being worked on right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. you know, uh, so the notion is that starting with this, I mean, we saw, we've seen a little of this. Over the past two years or so, I mean, remember, uh, what is it? Mando and Grogu, uh, started appearing in Disneyland in November right. of, uh,
0: 2022. And well, they, the, yeah, but, uh, before it was, um, mm. Boba Fett and, um, and, uh, what's her name?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Fennec Shand. Fennec you're right. Shand. Uh, in so May they started of that year. first. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, mm. um, Boba Fett, then, then, uh the Mandalorian and um, Mm. baby Yoda and then uh, Ahsoka,
1: right? Well, yeah, that, that Ahsoka began appearing in the parks in August of this year. And then the month after that, we got uh, the Harris Sildana character and chopper started, but, but this is the right, 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 right. We are supposed to start seeing, uh, starting with season of the force, these characters out in force, uh, okay. and, and mind you, Mando and Grogu started p- appearing at Walt Disney World in March of this year. But with the closure of Star Wars uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, that evidently that's now kicked open the door to the effect of, okay, so Boba. We can do whatever we want now. In Florida. So Okay. Um, now, um, so the way this is being described in-house is, not exactly a course correction because that might reflect badly on Kathleen Kennedy and Carrie Beck, but it's, it's more to the effect of we're making going to make a concerted effort to give star Wars fans what they actually want. Um, now the downside of that, is that James Mangold um and it did, I, I I'm not going to lie I'm not happy about this news Um, uh, because, you know, uh, face it, uh, Indiana, Jonathan Dial of Destiny started as a project that Steven Spielberg was going to direct. And then what they had built $30 million worth of sets. And then Steven decided, yeah, I don't want to do this, (laughs) you know? And, and so James inherited a lot of, uh, you know, a project that had a lot of working parts that, you know, frankly, he couldn't make the calls on um but and this is how hollywood works yeah you know, when you lose that much money it's got to be somebody's fault it's somebody's fault yeah you know so it would appear that mangold is is taking the hit and as a result his dawn of the jedi project um may now be dead in the water you know it's just the the whole notion of i'm going to give this guy another 200 million dollars to make a movie you think, eh, i don't think so um, yeah, but
0: that doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, there was, I mean, Mangold was the director and he did write it, but still, wasn't there too many cooks?
1: Oh, the, type the, of the, thing. There were, there, there were battalions of chefs coming because everybody room. said, yeah. We
0: need this, you got to make sure of this, we got to get rid of this, da 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 da, da. And, and, and then it turned into this, you know, it wasn't incoherent. Have you, were you able to see it yet?
1: I was the, the, supposed. The reason that Brian is asking me this is, I promise, I promised ahead of recording this show uh, that I would finally sit down and watch Dial of Destiny because it's it's finally become available on 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 Disney Plus and. I, I, I have to tell you, real life reared its ugly head. You know, it was yes. like, yeah, you know, it's are, like yeah. it's the holiday season. Somebody had to do the laundry. Somebody had to vo- vacuum the house. And and that's it. The, the two and a half hours I needed to do that this afternoon evaporated. But when we finish tonight, you <laughs> in know. In two weeks, we'll talk about two, it. In two weeks. I will watch it tonight. And in fact, I I, I will watch that. And I still have to watch. The last two Doctor Who uh, specials with David Tennant. Oh God! The, the,
0: the last one is brilliant. Mm, okay. It's so brilliant. I was cheering, and Devin was telling me to shut up.
1: Uh, I, I? I have to admit, the first one it was so so lovely it. to see the Doctor wonderful. and Donna back together, and and it, wait till you see him with Bernard, um, the the I, grandfather. I. I I have to admit, uh, you know, again, I have not watched episode two, but I did, I did seek out that clip just because, you know, it just, and and again, it's somebody who, uh, I look, David Tennant was my doctor. He was the one I, who got me on board. Did I ever ever tell you this story? Um, No, no. Okay. Um, we are literally it's Christmas. I want to say 2007, 2008, and we have just come home from, you know, visiting my parents and, you know, and you know how you you do that thing? It's just before bed and, you know, you flip on the television and you were just looking for 10 or 15 minutes worth of something to, you know, to, to, all right, you know, I, I, you know, just, you know, I'm home, I'm settling in, I'm going to bed. And so I, you know, I'm blipping around the dial and I arrive on BBC America and it's, and it's like, what am I looking at? And what I'm looking at is the space Titanic falling oh. know, out of orbit, you know, I did. With Dr. Minow. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's like, I have no idea what I'm looking at but there's this skinny man in a tight suit who is, you know, at the wheel of the ship and looks at the map and it goes, Oh no, not again. And, you know, and grabs the phone and dials a very long number and the next the very next thing you see is and it's a close shot of just these this you know the, the woman from the knees down who's wearing a fuzzy bathrobe and fuzzy bed, bedroom slippers but she's got corgis snarling around her feet and, it, <laughs> and it's like and and she's running out the front door of what turns out to be buckingham palace and it's like he called the queen, and you know, and just like and he not only called the queen, but he managed as they were plummeting down to earth to cold start the engines again. And there's this wonderful special effects shot of the space Titanic missing Buckingham Palace by inches, <laughs> and then going back up into the atmosphere. But but with the, the queen and her corgis standing in the yard, and she's there in her her nightgown and her fuzzy slippers and her hair and curlers, and she waving up to like thank you doctor and it's like it's like i have no idea what this is but this is the greatest show i've ever seen in the history of man and and of course this being B- BBC america they were running the show immediately after it again and so i ended up saying oh you were like, able to yeah two o'clock in the morning but it was like from that point forward it was like i was hooked you know, so to to have that doctor back is just so nice. Um, but anyway, we deviated from, from, from. Yeah, of okay. course. Okay. <laughs> um, well, anyway. All right. So uh, getting back to Kathleen Kennedy now, uh, just this past week, Kathleen talked with IGN about Star Wars New Jedi Order. And again, we, as we mentioned, set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. So as, as Kathleen put it, we're post-war, post-First Order, and the Jedi are in disarray. And there's a lot of discussion around who are the Jedi? What are they doing? What's the state of the galaxy? And, um, and what's interesting is that Rey is trying to rebuild the Jedi Order based on the ancient texts. Um, oh, the books, the books. So uh, gonna be interesting to see where they go with this and but the but here's the other thing and I, I want to stress that there's a reason that there's a Ray movie still in the mix for theatrical release. and that's because so much of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge
0: is based on yes
1: is tied to that character i mean you know just rise of the resistance alone and when you think about how much of that um you know that land uh is is built around ray or or that ride how much infrastructure um by the way did you also see um uh, you know the story just this past week about uh, the original, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker, you know, that the, the, the what they were supposed to do. Um, yeah, the um, common, uh Cobin, Yeah, you know yeah. that that how you know uh the, how this was supposed to be the opposite of the original trilogy that you know there was no redemption of, of Kylo Ren. You know, he was just going to get darker and.
0: Um and that? no Palpatine and no, yeah. and then a different version of what happened to her parents. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that because that that would have gone right into it, it, the the two films before it. I mean, you know, when Kylo Ren says your parents were just regular people, well, you know, you knew he was lying, so you were waiting for the 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 real you know truth, and the real truth is. Palpatine. Yeah, I think that was just that they were panicking, so they had to bring. Yeah, in-
1: I, I I think you know you're not wrong that the, the the film number eight,
0: uh, you know, and again I and film number eight is not a bad movie at all.
1: No, no. I mean, I I would argue that Hamill's performance in that is wonderful. In fact, yeah. the, the, the in fact the the sh- when you finally get that showdown between kylo ren and luke you know uh you know that there's so much good stuff there there just is you know um but but the fact that it did not do the same box office as uh you know uh the force awakens they panicked and you know um but see that's another thing
0: they're they're doing all these films by committee and you know there's a there's a a bunch of film there's a um James Bond was ever done by committee James Bond was done the e- each film was its own film and it 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 just seemed like you know it, they just wanted to make a film about a guy with a license to kill rather than being you know rather than getting you know uh fan mm-hmm. you know
1: Well, I I, I, forgive me for again. I'm sorry, folks. We're we're stepping away from Star Wars again. There's a. there's a television special coming up this week on CBS, uh, a two hour long special celebrating, you know, basically it's a birthday salute to Dick Van Dyke, 98 years old this year. Yeah. Um, But today uh, he was on uh, CBS Sunday morning and was telling the tale about, you know, when it was the 1960s and his career was hotter than hot and evidently, the Broccoli family came to Dick Van Dyke and said, you know, and, and again, there was that moment where Sean Connery said, yeah, I'm done uh and so they were looking for the next dick van dyke (laughs) to meet the next james bond james bond and they offered it to dick van dyke and and dick van dyke this is why i i love this guy i just i've I've loved him my entire life but he's also you know a guy who's realistic about this and he's like you know went to the Broccoli family and it's like you you saw Mary Poppins, right? You've heard my British accent, you know, and it's like, no, no, thank you. No, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, but yeah, that uh, anyway, back to uh, all things Star Wars. It's like, look, um, here's what we know is definitely coming. And again, part of this is because Dave Filoni is now the chief creative officer, uh, at Lucasfilm. Okay. Uh, right at this point, season two of Ahsoka, not Osaka, sorry, uh, (laughs) is a lock. Uh, but that's largely because they need to do that to set up the Avengers like movie, uh, where all of the Star Wars Disney Plus characters, uh, Ahsoka, uh, you know, uh, Boba Fett, and Mando, uh, get a film where they take on Thrawn. So, you know, that much we know is coming. Also, interesting bend on this, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Brian. There's actually also serious thought about if we're going to do stuff to try to make the Star Wars fans happy, it's time now to move Star Wars back from a December release date to a May release date. So.
0: Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. May twenty fifth. Okay. That that's I I agree with that mm-hmm. because first of all, these are summer films; they are not winter films. Second of all, now you don't. I mean, this is something that may or may happen, but you don't get any nominations anymore. Yeah, because they're they're just thrown away at the, at the very end. And I know it's all about the money, and it's not so much about the awards, but still. But the main thing is, it was something to look forward to when school got out. That you would see the new Star Wars films at least three or four times during the summer. And then whatever else it was, you know, that was good. I mean, we, we had the blockbusters. I think May is meant for blockbusters or the summer is meant for blockbusters and, and um, December is not.
1: Okay. You know, I mean, what's interesting is when you talk with the folks at Disney, they were, you know, it, it was more to the effect of, we want to open this in December because we want that week between Christmas and New Year's when the kids are home and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it just, uh, you know, so many films had done so well in that spot. Uh, and let's not overlook the fact that, you know, at that point, Marvel, uh, you know, that's where they wanted to drop the, the Marvel event films like, you know, Endgame and Infinity Wars. So, okay. Now just to stress here, folks, um, look, this is supposedly something Bob Iger asked for, uh, but let's remember that Bob Iger is kind of embattled at the moment. You know, he's, we mentioned earlier in the show, he's he's facing a shareholders uprising that... Uh, involves, uh, you know, Ike Perlmutter and Nelson Pels. And where this gets really interesting is that they're trying to get two people put on the Disney board. And one of them is Jay Rizzullo, uh, you know, the former CFO of the company who for a time was also in charge of the park. So going to be hard to see how Disney fights the idea of, you know, creating, uh, space on the board for a Jay Rizzullo. I mean, that's a very smart, interesting play on Nelson's part. But uh, also remember, you know, Iger's only signed through 2026. And that, uh, in, in Hollywood time, that's a blip. I mean, we're, we're going to be in 2024 in, what, two weeks? Uh, you know, and look, if there's another Disney CEO uh, this plan could and most likely will change. Um, you know, and uh, you know, so is it is Jay Rizzullo coming back? Is that a bad idea? It, it, the problem is not necessarily that Jay Rizzullo coming back is a bad idea. The question is, it's a Jay Rizzullo who has gotten his seat on the board because of Ike Pearlmutter and Nelson Pelds, and Ike. Perlmutter has made no bones about the fact that he's got a personal vendetta against Bob Iger. So, uh, yeah, just going to be interesting to, you know, it, it so when somebody gets you, but
0: Jay did such a great job for when he was there that why would he want to upset the apple cart? You know, I, I, I don't see, I don't. Yes. I know he's been brought in by, um, mm-hmm. um, Those guys, but still, I, I still can't see that he would not want to do the best. What's the best for Disney?
1: Well, you know, because he's been
0: involved with it for so long.
1: Okay, but remember the old cliche, Brian. You got to dance with the one who brung you. So, you know, if somebody. spent the money and moved the, the shares of stock to get you in position on the board, you know, that you then have to carry water for them, you know, and, yeah, and, so. you know, Nelson and, and I have some very distinct ideas about what they want to do next with Disney and, you know, some of them involve offloading ABC and ESPN. And, you know, it's 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 an interesting time. And yeah. speaking of uh, of inter- time. interesting time, <laughs> it's now time for our show break. But when we get back, uh, we're going to talk about um, <sighs> what's going to or what could have happened at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And we're back. Um, okay, uh, before we get started here, Brian, you wanted to talk uh, for a little bit about uh, Re- Rebel Moon, and I, I think the phrase right. you used was the the bullet we dodged. You know, <laughs> yeah. the-
0: there is. Well, Zack Snyder it, has just come out with his Star Wars film, which he had brought to to Kathleen. No, no, not. No, I think he brought it to George. Um, before George sold it, and uh, he he you know he was doing publicity for it, and he says it's you know it goes back to the the Japanese cinema and and things like um, Seven Samurai, etc. So the movie came out and it got a beating from the critics. Audiences like it. Audience gave it eighty five percent. Critics gave it twenty percent. Now, my theory on this is criticism is anybody with a typewriter, not Mm -hmm. even a typewriter anymore. It's people who want to prove that they're smarter than everybody else when it comes to film. That film is not just something to watch and enjoy for a particular audience, but it should give us something to change the world. So instead of being Entertained by this, and of course everybody's going after Zack Snyder, anyways, because mm-hmm. of his mm-hmm. his Justice League and 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 the, you know whenever the main thing when people are on top, people want to see them fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the best examples of was um, the Lone Ranger, which was a good if not great film, but it was devastated because I think they were against johnny depp they were against the director it just it seems like people have been dead as sometimes sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i mean there have been a a couple films that just came out this year where did not get good reviews and but the audiences went to see it yeah yeah and that's what rebel moon is getting um i'm looking forward to it and I will, and if it's showing near me anywhere, I will go see it on the big screen because okay. I love Japanese cinema, and I've been watching that since day one almost in my in high school. And to see, you know, do does anybody? I mean, do does anybody realize that a Bug's Life was based on?
1: Uh, seven samurai yeah that's true that's true
0: so i think it's gonna be a good film listen didn't everybody hate titanic when it first came out didn't everybody hate um uh avatar when it first came out so it's like we'll see
1: Mm -hmm. well i mean it's interesting you mentioned you know the critics kind kind of piled on with uh rebel moon I, 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 I face it I, again, you know, I, I, do, we admit this in the show that Brian and I are old farts, but we grew up in an age where, you know, uh, critics loved film. In fact, I I'm, right. I, I'm holding a copy right here now of Matt Singer's wonderful, uh, opposable thumbs. So it, it, it's subtitled how Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert changed movies forever. And, it's a, a lovely look back uh you know the at the at the movies TV show how these two critics in Chicago came together and uh, and and would passionately de- de- debate the, the films of the day and um and I you know and, and the interesting thing is when you were film buff, you'd actually make time to watch yeah. this, you know, to to sort of like, what do these guys think of it? And you know, and and they would help you discover little films, or that they'd, they'd give you perspective on the the big blockbusters and that sort of thing. But I I, I bring up uh, opposable thumbs because Matt has a wonderful story in here about how uh, it's nineteen eighty nine and the American Film Institute is holding an event in Washington D.C. and uh, Gene and Roger are there and decide, you know, at, at their hotel, and they they decide to go down to the bar. And who do they bump into at the bar but George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and, you know, and they persuade all three of these to come, you know, guys to come on the show and, and interview them about issues like film preservation. And show was titled The Future of Movies. Uh, and what's weird is Matt points out – 30 years later, we now live in the future of predicted. In fact, George Lucas, uh, and and remember, this is 1989, he's doing this interview. That's the year that the World Wide Web was first invented. And the architect of Star Wars uh, essentially predicted the world of streaming movies that um, he told Roger Ebert, I think. That the marketplace will shift dramatically. I think certain kinds of movies will be made directly for the home. And by the way, Nancy and I just last weekend were down in New Jersey uh, for Christmas Con, which was a celebration wow. of all things Hallmark. Uh, and you know, I, 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 I will tell you, Brian. Saturday morning, uh, we're driving to the New Jersey Expo Center and we passed a line of 300 cars that didn't know you could get into the expo center from the back you know and it was <laughs> just one of these things where it's like holy cow look at that crowd but anyway um okay uh, no, i just have to have one question because
0: yep. i love going to um conventions mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah do people cosplay at this event at this convention
1: ah uh, there are a lot of Christmas sweaters, if that's what you're asking. Uh, You know, I mean, that's the thing with the, I, you know, uh, you know, all the Hallmark hunks were there. In fact, you know, uh, you know, Nancy visited with her favorite Tyler Hines a multiple times. Oh, really? Was he there? He was there, you know. uh, Well, you
0: know what? This year has been an outstanding year for Christmas movies on Hallmark. I mean, outstanding. They have really upped their game. And um, there have been some great ones. Um, and I've, I've been really enjoying. Plus, Netflix and and
1: right. um, Everybody's, Amazon. Yeah, they're all in this space. They're all in this space. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back to, to Mr. Lucas. He said, again, shifting dramatically, I think certain kinds of movies will be made directly for the home. And certain kinds of movies will be made for theatrical presentation. The larger, more spectacular ones will end up in theaters. And the more personal ones will end up on the home screen. So, and, and again, George was able to look over the horizon and see this coming. Uh, what, did, what did the others say when
0: he said that? Did they they go, okay, George, you know, go back to your your ranch and 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 do what you had to do, or did they say, yeah, that was, that they saw that
1: coming too? Like, you know, I I don't know. What I just oh, put sorry. down the book. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, okay. We'll talk about that in two weeks. And we'll talk about that in two weeks. Okay, so anyway, uh, we promised to talk a bit about Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge. And um, face it, you know, what's interesting about when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge got announced in 2015, um, you know... Disney made a very big deal about, you know, we, this is our most highly themed land we've ever done, you know, and, and let's be honest here. uh, uh, One of the reasons they did what they did is that Universal had done so much spectacular work with the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Uh, you know, that just you know that 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 had set the new gold standard for a recreation of a film environment, and Disney was determined to okay, you guys did this. wait do you see what we do? And so, for example, but in between, didn't they already do Avatar? Uh, yes. But you know that that's the other interesting thing about this that um, you know. <sighs> We we were just uh this most recent trip, uh myself, Len and Jim Schul uh spent you know some time in Animal Kingdom and went down to uh to Avatar and, and again, you know, a good amount of people headed down that way. Um but at the same time, it's still only two rides, you know, and a oh, restaurant right, right. and a shop, you know, and it just and more to the point, it's also, uh, a cul-de-sac, you know, that, that you, you walk down into it and then you have to walk back up out of it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's a land that's got, uh, issues, you know, okay. uh, and, and, and there are a lot of creative decisions that to be honest, that have come back and bit them in the butt. I mean, for example, uh, the Navi river adventure. Uh, you know, Joe Rody made the decision when this detraction was being developed. He wanted an intimate, he wanted, you know, that's why, for example, there's only four people in each boat. You know, it's like, this was going to be a, a genuinely intimate experience. Downside is that when you have a four passenger boat, uh, you have a two hour long line most days. You know, to get on on your 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 four passenger boat and and to then have the ride basically be over in three minutes, people are like, "What? I spent two hours to stand in line for two, you know for a two minute long boat ride." It's like, eh, eh. Um, anyway, to, to get back to 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 Galaxy's Edge. I mean, it, it, no expense was spared, and you know, and and they they leaned into the details. I mean, I, I remember talking with. The is how they they actually contacted uh, Lucasfilm's archives to get R2-D2s, you know, to find out what the tread pattern was for R2-D2 so they could then, as they were pouring the concrete for the pavement, create what looked like droid tracks running through the land. And not only droid tracks, but it's like specifically R2-D2's droid tracks leading through the land. Because that was the other thing. There were going to be all of these droids running around. It was going to be a very active space. And you can look at the concept art that was released early on and you see multiple droids out in the land. And um, those got cut, you know. Uh, and and now, of course, we talked on uh, our most recent looking at Lucasfilm about the BD-1 droids. Uh, they were doing that test back in October of the, the TRIO, yeah, but that was Disneyland, um, you know, and, and and the problem is each of them needs a handler uh, and, uh, you know, it's expensive. And, and now, mind you, the droid that did not make it into the land, SK-620, did wind up aboard uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser. In fact, that's kind of the, the, the refrain here that in each case, all of the things that we're going to make this land truly spectacular, uh, were either clawed back for, uh, you know, for the galactic star cruise or I made, mean, for example, the, the supper club, uh, on the lower level of the Halcyon, that was, that, that was literally supposed to be, where you went left when you when you went into Olga's Cantina that was the lobby that was the hold area you supposed oh. to you supposed to buy a drink and hang out in there and then like oh the supper club's are open come join us in the next room and you then went in there and had like an hour long show presented and then you know Olga's Cantina was empty and the next group would come in um, but they decided now let's put that aboard the Halcyon and, uh, even the stunt show, uh, in the, uh, in that area that directly surrounds, uh, Kylo Ren's, uh, you know, the, the, the ship, uh, you know, that got built literally the, the, where, uh, everything was supposed to happen directly above your head you know and you could it was supposed to stand in the square there and watch this amazing battle between the rebels and the first order uh, and, and, and let's be honest here, Brian, that's why the blue and green milk station was built where it was. You were supposed to be standing there waiting for the show to begin. And it's was like, well, why don't we buy some blue milk while we're waiting? Um, and so, but, but again, in all of these cases, Bob Chapek, the then head of, uh, you know, first Disney parks, products and experiences, and then the head of the Disney company itself, made the decision that now we're going to claw those back for the uh for the Halcyon. but just this past trip I learned uh, just the, the, the complete heartbreaker about the Bantha I, I and we've talked on, on the show previously about this right the, the what right. was supposed to be the third ride for um you know for for galaxies as the Bantha ride um and what I did not know is how late in the process this project got canceled. And, and in fact, in, in kind of, you know, it, it's sort of the sequel to the stunt show that got built, but they never turned the key on. Um, I, I, I was in Galaxy's Edge and got pointed out to me that, that and, and in fact, I, I need to describe something Here for you folks, if you've ever been to any of the galaxy's edge, there is of course, uh, the rebel encampment at one end. And then there, of course, at the other end of the facility is where Kylo Ren's, uh, ship has, has landed in the public square, but there's also that marketplace that's indoors. You have to sort of take a couple of steps up to go into it, but there's also a broad walkway right next to the marketplace, uh, that has these archways, that go up like 30 feet. And I was standing there this past trip and got pointed out to me, you see the the archway? It's like, yeah, you want to know why it's 30 feet tall? And it's like, no, what what happened? (laughs) Well, it had to be that tall. So that what a, a bantha loaded down with guests that it would clear the space. And it's like, are you kidding me? They, they actually built it. It's like, yeah, that, 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 this is how late in the project, the bantha ride got cut that, uh, and you know, that, the literally you're supposed to be able to board the bantha up at the rebel encampment. And then, uh, it was kind of be kind of like the trolley, uh, no, the horse oh, wow. trolley at Disneyland that you know you would take it down to the village square, and then the guests would get off, and then the next group of guests would climb on board and be taken up to the rebel encampment. And so it would basically go through the the town. Well, it it would go through that ro- that road next to the marketplace. You were you know, but but on the other hand, it would have had an, this wonderful kinetic to uh, but uh, but then when you stand there now today and go oh god this is why this street is so wide and more to the point this is um. why the archways are so tall they 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 had to be able to bring this this uh, well uh, the living creature uh, the, this autonomous walking platform that was going to carry i want to say as many as 16 guests at a time but um but anyway you know i just uh and and that's the other thing in talking with folks at Disney today, um, you know, and, you know, the notion of, okay, we have to turn Star Wars Galaxy's Edge more into what people expected. So, again, we're going to see Ahsoka. We're going to see, uh, you know, Boba Fett. We're going to see Mando and, and you know, and and and, and Chopper. But the other thing that's kind of interesting is that the people who work in food and beverage, at both Disneyland and uh, you know, are, 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 you know at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, evidently are, are just are you know especially on the heels of the Galactic Star Cruiser shutting down. And it's like, look, you have to give us the stunt show, you know. You could, look, the facility's built, and more to the point. You know, for, in, on both coasts, on the, the both, facilities well, are? Well, it's more about the fact that remember, this is food and beverage that's making the request. That it's like, look, oh, if okay. we had that show in there, you know, we spent so much money developing blue milk and green milk, and that we would actually sell stuff. You know, right now, I mean it's it's kind of embarrassing. You go into the park and they have this this three-turn queue built. And I have never seen more than two and three people at a time now standing in that line. Because it's it's the whole notion of the people, the early adopters, you know, were like, Yeah, I had it. It's blue milk. I'm never having it again. Uh right. you know, it's not a it's not butterbeer. I don't I don't need to have it the next time I'm in the park. But if that stunt show were there you know people would be standing in the hot sun and looking for a beverage and so um yeah they, they 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 are very insistent so might be interesting to see in the next year or two whether that stunt show uh finally you know
0: uh, are, are they afraid of you know spending the money i mean what's holding the stunt show back because it just seems like a no-brainer because as you go into galaxy's Edge. It's just basically a destination. You see this, you see this, you go to a show, you drink blue milk, you have a hot dog, you 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 buy a droid. If they had a stunt show, then it would be a destination to where you'd you'd go there and and and, and face it, there's not a lot of live shows like that anymore well
1: universal got rid of theirs well but remember universal is also especially in hollywood i mean you know that that how long has water world been running and well that
0: water world but i
1: remember the the oh the yeah cowboy's Sunshine. yeah the, the wild that wild west show yeah th- yeah yeah no that 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 was great fun i i all right just one last little piece of the puzzle here um, the hesitation about bringing back the original uh, version of the sun show, which would have keyed off of Kylo Ren uh, is this very thing. You know, we're just going to circle back to the whole Dave Filoni thing, the notion of that you have a new tra- creative officer and you have a Bob Iger who's saying people like those things that are done on Disney Plus. And the notion is, well, if we're going to do a stunt show and we know that, you know, uh, Thrawn is our big bad, you know, you know, do, what's the point of, of investing in a, you know, or resurrecting a Kylo Ren show when, uh, you know, in just a a couple of years, we're going to have a, a giant theatrical release where Thrawn is the big bad and he's doing, he's battling with Ahsoka and Boba Fett and, and Mando. Uh, you know, if, if those are the characters are bringing into the land, shouldn't we retool our stunt show? Oh, uh, that would be terrific. Yeah. Especially if you see a, a, um, a,
0: a baby Yoda in full Mandalorian armor. <laughs> <laughs> that could
1: be cool. All right. Well, anyway, folks, uh, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, Brian and I will be back in two weeks time. Uh, in the meantime, Brian, can you tell the nice folks where they can find you on social media?
0: Yeah, um, I'm doing things on Instagram, and people are finding me. It's B-T-Gaughan, G-A-U-G-H-A-N, um, and you can find me on Instagram under that.
1: Okay, okay. Well, all right. Now, I, I, on the other hand, uh, you can find me on the site formerly known as Twitter, x whatever uh also instagram is jim hill media and over on facebook is jim hill media news uh let's see uh we also have a bunch of other podcasts here we'd love you to to sample uh we of course have disney dish i do with lentesta uh we just got a brand new fine tuning out the door with drew taylor and by the way drew has a wonderful podcast of his own that he does with charles hood and that is Light Diffuse, the, the official Mission Impossible podcast. Um, for you fans of Marvel Us Disney, um, I will be, uh, do reviving that show in some format. I'm still kind of feeling my way. I, I want to do something that's respectful to Aaron. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Uh, beyond that I want to remind you about the other project uh, Len and I have been doing with Jim Schulhul Disney unpacked uh, that's been off to, uh, got off to an amazing start thank you so much for you folks who've decided to join us on patreon. Uh, and we, this month, uh, we have, uh, an amazing show about Disney MGM. Uh, that was one of the first projects of size that Mr. Shul worked on when he came uh, to work to Disney in the, the late 1980s. And, uh, next month, January, 2024, we have a, an in-depth look at Mickey's birthday land, uh, Ooh, from cool. 88. So, um
0: also now also remember mm-hmm. remind everybody yep. that um you're no longer going to be on band camp
1: yeah that's it that, that supposedly as of january uh we're shutting down band camp and we're encouraging everybody to come over to patreon um let's see what else oh, oh, oh uh something else uh, just if if you folks could do brian and i a favor If you get head over to Apple podcasts uh, and rate and recommend the show you're listening to right now, looking at Lucasfilm, that would be great. Uh, And, and also just one more reminder here that again, uh, Len and Tim O'Brien have set up that GoFundMe and Aaron's memory. uh, And and any funds that are collected over there are going to go to Sabrina and her time of sorrow. So again, you could do, uh, Brian and I have favor favor uh, and go over and, and check that out. Again, tinyurl.com, Aaron Z. Adams. Uh, but beyond that, uh, here's— um,
0: I just want to wish you and everybody else out there a great holiday. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, thank Christmas you. Mm-hmm. and New Year's. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been fun this year, and I can't wait to— continue
1: it next year yeah same thing here same thing here that that that, that, that. and so on behalf of mr Ghana myself have a happy holiday and we will see you all in 2024